Pot of gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am hunkered down here in the middle of a windstorm in a crab shed to bring you some hot content. A little windstorm's not gonna stop me. It is crypto week. Numero uno. Number one, happy National Hispanic Heritage Month also. But it's crypto week. And we got Ross Carey on the podcast today. And it's a great episode. I'm super stoked about it. So a little weather is not going to stop me from doing it. It is Saturday, September 18th, 2021. And we've got a great show for you today. Like I just mentioned, Ross Carey is our guest. He's here to talk crypto, a little bit of crabbing, a little bit of fishing, a little bit of growing up in Pacific County as a local boy, quite like myself. Ross is a good friend of mine, and we go over pretty much strictly crypto, talking a lot about crypto. But we go deep into some of the detailed stuff towards the back half. The earlier stuff, we stay pretty basic. So if you don't know much about crypto or blockchain technology or any of that stuff, this is a great episode for you to get started because it's really a gentle incline into the information. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you are somebody who's a little more well-versed in crypto, you should probably listen to make sure that we're not saying anything wrong. You know, go ahead and just shoot me a message through any service you want if you find something that we're saying is in need of correction. I would appreciate it. That being said, this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be misconstrued as investment advice or, you know, really advice of any kind. We are just thinking through stuff as we go. We're trying to learn and we're trying to share that learning process with you. So take it as you will and please do not rely too heavily on it. If you want to get into investing, go talk to an investment person. You don't want the person you get investment advice from making poop jokes. You know, you want to be able to tell that your financial advisor, your investment guy, you want to be able to tell that he's not being sarcastic when he tells you to invest in something. Like, (laughs) yeah, buy a whole bunch of doge. What does that mean? Should I buy the Doge? Do I not buy the Doge? Are you making a joke? Now I feel stupid because I don't know if you're making a joke. You don't want any of that. So don't use this as investment advice. If you find something interesting in this podcast, go ahead and just Google it. Go in and read about it yourself. Go look it up. Wow, that wind is really going. live in a windy place Chinook Washington the windy city we may not be the first but we're the best okay you can find ramble by the river on Facebook and Instagram at ramble by the river on Twitter at ramble river pod And also you can find a lot of cool stuff at ramblebytheriver.com, including our most recent episodes, links to the entire catalog, announcements, any kind of things like that, as well as the email to the show. You can also find a lot of that information, as well as useful links that you might hear in this specific episode, in the show notes. And that can be found right there on the player, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're using. The show notes are usually connected right there to it. Shout out to Dana Monson. Dana is the newest member of the Ram fam. She just subscribed to the Patreon just the other day, and we are so happy to have her. 
Dana, thank you so much for being a part of this, and it's it's great to have you. I just finished a brand new exclusive episode of the podcast that will only be available on the Patreon. So, Dana, you have that to look forward to, as do the rest of you guys. Thank you so much for being a support system for me. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the bonus content. It is a podcast with my son, where we talk about some pretty funny stuff that just happened yesterday. It was involving his first cross-country meet and my first attempt at purchasing a non-fungible token or NFT. It was a shit show on my end, but I won't spoil it. You know, we'll let you guys hear it on the podcast. If you're interested in checking that out, head on over to patreon.com slash river. You can get a link to that right there on ramblebytheriver.com as well. There are many ways to find it. So patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver to subscribe for exclusive episodes and bonus content. Thank you guys so much. Couldn't do it without you. So this is the Crypto Podcast, and I just wanted to let you guys know, if you're interested in getting involved and exploring crypto for the first time, I recommend Coinbase as your first crypto app. It's very easy to use. It's free. I'm pretty sure the, the app is free. I'm not being paid to promote or anything like that. I'm just trying to share what I have experienced. Coinbase is a pretty decent app. It's not great. There are definitely better ones. And if you get really into trading and it really, if you get into crypto, you'll find that there are other ones that are better for what you want to do. But to get started, Coinbase is good. It, it also, it provides links to news stories that are about the coins. And it's just kind of a nice centralized location where you can kind of find information and also make purchases if you want and do a little bit of trading. It doesn't have access to all the coins that are out there. It's just got like, you know, it's got a decent handful. It's got a lot and enough that you can have fun and, and learn quite a bit on how to trade. So I recommend that. And if you want to do that, I'm a Coinbase user. I'm again, I'm not being paid to promote them at all, but I do have a referral code that will give both of us $10 if you decide to sign up and end up buying $100 or more in crypto. So you'll get I'm pretty sure you get that $10 plus some other bonus gift that I cannot recall what it is. But if you sign up by September 26th, you'll be able to get this deal. And, you know, it's not much. So whatever. But yeah, I just thought it'd be worth sharing. So if you feel like doing that, you can make us both 10 bucks. So if you want to find that link, just go to the show notes for this episode and scroll down a little bit. You'll find a link to Coinbase and my referral code. So it'll be right there. Uh, it's also posted on my Facebook page. So if you go to Ramble by the Rivers Facebook page, it's one of the first few shared posts. This podcast was recorded on September 2nd. So it's been a couple weeks. So the prices that we refer to in here might not be accurate. It could have gone up or down probably quite a bit in either direction, uh, depending on which coin we're talking about. So don't worry too much about that. We don't talk a lot about prices, specific prices or anything. We mainly just talk about larger concepts. So it's not really going to mess you up. But if you hear us talking about Bitcoin being at 50000 today it's only at 47000 So there's some discrepancies there, but it's not, not major. It won't mess anything up for you. But I just wanted to let you guys know in case you get curious during the podcast, September 2nd is when this was recorded. So it's been two weeks. And as of right now, things are different than they were at the time, but they're not not that different. Crypto is volatile. It changes often and it changes drastically. And we talk quite a bit about that, but you'll hear it. And um, 
just wanted to clear it up in case you guys got confused or anything like that. So one more time, if you want to find us online, go to ramblebytheriver.com. If you want to check us out on social media, go to at ramblebytheriver on Instagram and Facebook and rambleriverpod on Twitter. We also just got a Discord server and I'm figuring out how to set that up. That's a whole thing though. Boy, Discord. That's a whole universe I never knew existed. I love it. It's great. I just got involved with it like in the last week trying to figure out how to get one of these fancy Frenchies minted. And it's it's amazing. Everybody's there. It's like, okay, this is where everyone's been hanging out. You guys all ditched me at Facebook and I've just been hanging out ever since. What the fuck? Yeah? I thought everyone went over to TikTok, but that's just all the kids, I guess. I don't know. Discord's where it's at though. So if you know, if we end up getting a large enough audience where it would require something like that, I'd definitely get that going. That'd be cool. But yeah. Anyway. The fancy Frenchie story with the XC cross country meat and Sawyer, all that that extra podcast episode. That's available on the Patreon. Check that out, patreon.com slash ramble by the river. All that social media stuff I just spouted off to you, that's where you get in contact with us. If you want to get in contact with Ross Carey, our guest on the show today, check him out at Crabber Crypto. That's his Twitter handle. So check him out on Twitter there. He does pretty regular drops of crypto tips, questions, tricks. You know, most of his posts are riddled with thinly veiled information about things he thinks are going to be great investments, but he doesn't want to let you know because he doesn't want it to super pump. He's the best. One more thing, guys. So I wanted to explain why this episode was just a little bit late. Sorry about that. Hope it didn't mess you up at all. But I figured I gave you a couple extra episodes this week. So quit your bitching. The reason it was a little bit late is because it took a lot more work. We do a ton of mentioning names in this episode. So every time we mention one of those names, I'm having to get on while I'm editing and make sure it's spelled right in the transcript and make sure it's spelled right in the links. And I'm trying to do you know, search engine optimization all at the same time as editing. And it's a lot of work. So this one was particularly work intensive. That's why I split it in half. It's a part one, part two episode. So this is just part one. You will uh, get part two in a separate episode. So you have that to look forward to. I just figured that'd be better than making a super long episode because that's what it would have ended up being. And I'm worried that people will just end up never finishing it. You're like, I do that with podcasts sometimes. If they're too long, even if I really like them, by the time I actually have enough free time to listen to a four-hour podcast, I mean, it's been a week, and I'm just like moved on to other stuff. So two episodes, two episodes, and it'll be good. So I'm looking forward to the second one too. So I didn't want to end up losing good content by just tagging it on to to a too long of an episode. And now I'm making this too long, so I'm still talking about it. So shut up, Jeff. Get to the show. I'm trying to think if there was anything else I needed to say. Oh, yeah. The last thing. Very last thing. Very last thing. I made a little glossary of terms that might be helpful that I remember having problems with when I was learning about crypto. So if you're a beginner and you really want to just get wade through all the bullshit, because it took me a year of listening to podcasts and reading and Googling and figuring it all out to know what people were talking about when they say things like FUD, which is... FUD, F-U-D. I was thinking they were talking about Looney Tunes, like some It's Wabbit Season shit. But no, they're talking about F-U-D. It's an acronym, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that makes a lot of sense in context. So like, it's things like that. So if you want to know what FUD means, if you want to know 
about liquidity and stacking and ASIC miners and what's the difference between sound money and legal tender. All that stuff can be found in this glossary that I'm making for you. And I will give a link to that in the show notes. I'll probably post it on our website or somewhere. I don't know yet. So I'm still not done with the episode as of the recording of this intro. So I don't know what to tell you, but by the time you hear this, it's out. It's done. You're listening to it now. So I hope you enjoy it. I will get on with the show and stop talking, but please enjoy this episode with my buddy, my pal, my good friend from way back when, Ross Carey. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Chest now, say it with your chest I'm now. Young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to ride it out. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to ride it. I'm young. I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to ride. Do me a favor and say your name in there. Ross. I need more. Ross. Give me like a sentence. I'm just testing the audio. Okay. I drove to the beach today. Pretty good. Okay. Um, that's pretty good. Mine looks good. All right. Okay. There's a lag. I don't want to be the only one wearing headphones. No. It makes it hard to talk. When the lag is just like half a a second behind you. So it like covers up what you actually said and it's fucking pain in the ass. I don't know how to get it to not do that yet. I haven't figured that out, but I usually don't start trying to research it until like 10 minutes before the guest gets here. So (laughs) (laughs) that's that's perfect. (laughs) It's just the way I actually prefer not to wear the headphones. Perfect. Me too. It would be cool to someday make this into a business. I mean, it is already a business, but a real business. Right. Um, so I would have a person to just handle all this shit uh-huh. while I'm trying to... Like your own Jamie. Yeah, I need a Jamie. Pretty bad. need to find, like, just a young kid that's has nothing to do. Like. Well, I found one, uh, Jeff Hilton. Oh, really? But he's busier now than he used to be. He used to be the young kid I would always pick. For random stuff. Mm-hmm. Colton too. Both of them now like have jobs and family and shit. That's lame. It is. It's. I think it's rude. <laughs> Total buzzkill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least Jeff doesn't have any stupid kids. Right. Like all my other friends. Yeah, it's totally lame too. Ugh. Except my kids. My kids are dope. Right. So, um, 
I'm try. I try really hard not to embarrass people, right? Unless they deserve it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I don't think that there's many situations where people deserve it. Also, say whatever you want, and you have full editorial control. Right. Okay. At, at any point before it goes up, uh, if you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have talked about that. I shouldn't have said that. Just text me what you want. Clip okay. It, and I'll clip it. Awesome. And odds are, I was probably going to clip it anyway. Right. Because I'm trying to make this show a little more PG consumable. Like. I don't know about PG, maybe like. I don't mind being PG. I mean, it's rated I, R. I, it's R. <laughs> I like a, I like appealing to all audiences. I can't do that. Yeah, but like, even if you're talking about like smoking weed or drinking, I mean, like kids have. Kids love doing this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're not like telling them to do it. Yeah. No, that's actually one of my policies, like personally, is that when I'm talking about stories about partying. They always have to have a moral to them. Like, uh, this is what I learned from that experience. Um, Not like you should go do this. Never that. Yeah. Uh, I don't even say that about stuff that I really believe people should go and do. Right. Like, because then you're liable. Well, that not just that. I genuinely don't know shit. And, right. And stuff flips on you all the time. And you figure like, out, you, you think you know something and you don't. Yes, exactly. I, I'm barely hanging on running my own life. I'm not going to run a bunch of fucking other people's lives right. too. You it's can't just, save everybody. No. No, no desire to try. <laughs> That's yeah. It's hard to do sometimes. Sometimes you want to try to save as many people as you can. Yeah, that's that. I don't know, Christian, uh, like philosophy. The evangelicals. Okay. They want to save everybody. I have become very comfortable letting that shit go. Right. I used to not be. I like I thought I would go to hell because I haven't convinced enough people to follow Jesus. Wow. Um and now I realize that like no, they're all going to go to hell, but I'm solid. Right. Like I'm good. I hate to sound like covered in the blood of Christ. Like I've never been to well I've been to church a day in my life, but I was never forced to go to church, so I have I just don't really So you don't have the shame? No. Yeah. Not at all. You poor thing. <laughs> right. How do you make proper moral choices? <laughs> I don't know. Trust my gut, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously though, the, the drug stuff, all that stuff, all fine, all good. Um, just as long as it's not encouraging people to make bad choices. Right. That's all I care about. Okay. Cause those stories are fucking funny. Right. And some of them are very good cautionary tales. I've probably forgotten more stories than I can remember. I mean, I'm sure I remember them, but like. That tends to be the way it goes with chemicals. Right. Yeah. They fog up. You know, but then you like comes back to you at a weird time. You're like, remember that time? Oh yeah. <laughs> or you're just you get with the right person. Yeah. And, and they spark something. So we're gonna get pretty good into crypto. That's the plan. We've been talking about this podcast for a while. And I'm excited about that. But before we do that, let's introduce you a little bit to the audience. Okay. So for the listeners out there, uh, welcome to Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and joining me today in the studio is Ross Carey. Ross and me go way back. He was a couple years behind me in school, and we were good friends, lived right down the road. Um, so me and Ross are going to talk crypto. We've been planning this podcast for probably like six months. We were planning on doing it originally during the last bull run, when everyone was still excited to talk about crypto, and then it all crashed in May. And then I didn't want to talk about crypto for a little while, because it was making me sad. And now it's back, and... I'll pretend that that crash never happened. So we got Ross back here and we're going to talk crypto. So welcome to the show, Ross. Thanks for having me on here, Jeff. Appreciate absolutely, it. absolutely. Uh, so I think a lot of our audience 
doesn't know much about crypto, people are probably groaning right now, finding out that they just tuned into a crypto episode. But those people are, are probably poor and they're probably going to stay poor because they're not willing to change and willing to learn something new. So fuck them. Let's talk crypto. They're definitely not woke. No, not even close. Speaking of woke, I've been following Alex Becker after your recommendation on, on Twitter and YouTube. The guy seems to know his shit. Oh, absolutely. He's uh, heavily involved. And I've made money off just following his Twitter comments. If mm-hmm. you go, go to Twitter, follow his comments, and he'll leave subtle hints about things he's investing in. And I've made really good money just, just doing that. He does those, uh, like, disguised hints so they don't super pump because yeah. he's got so many followers. Yeah. Uh, which makes it kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of like solving a puzzle. Yeah. In a way. Uh, I started listening to him probably in actually right around the crash, probably February or March, actually a little bit before the crash. He was calling it early too, like when Bitcoin was still in in the low 60s. He was saying, get ready. This is all signs are indicating a crash. And for some reason, nobody really listened. I think everybody had a feeling like this is not going to be, this is not going to last forever. Um, But still caught most people by surprise. Alex Becker is good for the most part, but he can also, I've also got super wrecked listening to Alex Becker. So, I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> he's kind of funny. Kind of. I mean, he's the most woke, no couch. What a killer bod. Killer bod. <laughs> uh, PG. He eats the most oranges in the Florida state area. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. He's probably got no chance of scurvy. No. No, he's uh I like Alex Becker. He's one of the he's one of the top people I follow. So. Who else are you following on for crypto knowledge? Uh JRNY Crypto. His name's Tony. So he has a YouTube and he also has a Twitter. It's at JRNY Crypto. And he's really knowledgeable, really humble, and I've actually probably made the most money following his advice. So have you heard of uh Vosk coin? I haven't actually. That's one that I just kind of stumbled upon, but he's got some good stuff. His videos are pretty watchable. Who's that little guy who's got like a Russian name? Um, he was on Joe Rogan mm. a couple months back, but he started as a traditional financial tip guy okay. on his YouTube page. And then I think he's pretty much transitioned to crypto. Another, so a couple other ones I can name off the top of my head. Andre be... Check. Okay. I haven't watched much of him. There's BitBoy Crypto, um, which a lot of people say he's like a moon boy. And that one is, is uh, that's like the number one page, but I, I have a hard time following that one for some reason. It seems a little bit. Um, a little clickbaity. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. it might be leading me into. Like, pump and dump. Yeah. He's a pump and dumper. Yeah. He's been accused of that. So, yeah, that's like when he'll he'll say the name of a crypto, everyone will buy it, he'll sell it, make a profit. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty rude. Yeah, it is rude. But I mean, it's a. The gains are gains. Gains are gains. Yeah. (laughs) He's trying to make a buck and can't really hold that against him. We're all trying to make a buck. But he is, um, he used to be, uh, I believe he used to be a preacher. So he. Oh, so he knows how to manipulate. (laughs) Absolutely. And talk. Uh huh. And talk. Same thing. Some other ones would be Lark Davis is a good one to follow um, on YouTube. 
Sheldon Evans is a good one to follow. He hasn't had any recent videos, but he has very good information. Um, that's all I can really think of right now. Those are all pretty good. I just kind of want to give people resources. It, it really seems like, especially out here in the coast and the rural areas, people don't have a whole lot of... Uh, interest is probably the wrong word, but a whole lot of exposure to this kind of stuff. There's and no faith. No, that's that's the problem. There's and no faith, yeah. that's going to be a major problem when all the people in power are switching over to this new technology and people get left in the dust. Right. That's actually something that I think is going to be a... A genuine problem is that like as the crypto market continues to just build and build and build in market cap we're over three trillion dollars right now in market cap for for all crypto i think right just but i mean the majority of that's bitcoin and ethereum i think that that's going to cause like late adopters they're going to miss the boat and then by the time that they're they're like okay i guess i don't have a choice uh, i'll start i'll go buy some crypto so i can function in this economy they're right. going to go over and realize like holy shit i got to pay $100,000 for this monopoly money and they're not going to be able to do that because their their money is currently going to they're just going to keep dropping in value their money is monopoly money exactly their it's mo all monopoly money the fiat especially is monopoly money it's it's yeah it actually is cuz it's actually paper right and uh, yeah and there's yeah, uh, one ledger, probably the Federal Reserve. Right. But yeah, it's it's not as good of a system. So so let's break that down. What cryptocurrency, uh, blockchain, these are all very vague terms that kind of describe a big, broad industry and a whole line of technological advancement. So where would you think is the best place for for a novice to begin? Just blockchain. What is blockchain? Okay, so I would begin. The best way I know how to explain this is back in like 1967, I believe it was FDR, um, took America off the gold standard um, to where your, you know, your money was not exchanged for gold anymore. It was just an IOU note. Um, I think it was Nixon. I think Nixon did it and 71 is when it was like total, set totally abolished. Okay. Um, that was... A few years later is when it was completely abolished. But um, FDR didn't like the fact that he couldn't just inflate the currency. Mm -hmm. So That makes sense with the economy where it was when he took office. So what that did is made the U.S. dollar a fiat currency, where the only thing backing the U.S. dollar is the, cr the faith and credit of the U.S. people. So what gives a currency value is when you believe it has value. So the only thing, as more and more people lose faith and credit in the U.S. centralized government, more people will put money into Bitcoin, which will raise the value of Bitcoin. The only thing that gives Bitcoin value is when people invest in it and believe it has value as a currency. So I would say that for people just getting into crypto, need it's good to research and just figure out what currency is, you know, and... Versus... Like sound money, legal tender, right. store of value, all assets, all these things are different. Right. So as you know, as people see that, that this technology is being adopted and they want a store of value, they're going to be looking for something other than a fiat currency that the centralized government is giving out to you. So you know, gold is a hard asset. Bitcoin is basically a digital gold is what it is, is the best way I can explain it. 
That seems to be the gold standard explanation. Right. Pun intended. There, <laughs> and there's a market cap on Bitcoin. So there's no more Bitcoin being printed. There's a set amount in circulation. I think it's like 50 million Bitcoin. 21 million. 21 million Bitcoin. And we're already at 18 and a half have been mined already. So Right. Yeah. And so, the difficulty increases so mining, regularly. Mining. All these trans there's actually transactions being performed by computers to verify that everything is legitimate. And this happens anonymously through computers. It's actually video cards. They found out that video cards can do the most computing and which has actually started a shortage for video cards and the prices. Like last fall. Yeah. So the like, last year has been crazy. Like gamers and crypto miners are like because you know, they're all so they did these big banks of GPUs just yep. just mining crypto, and that verifies the transactions to prove that they're legitimate, and they're rewarded in Bitcoin for doing so. So, um, every each time that they solve a transaction, you know, they earn Bitcoin. And where does the crypto part come in? The cryptography. Um, all it's all encrypted with cryptography to to keep it more secure. So what those what those nodes or miners are doing is is solving that cryptography okay so once once it's solved that's when they're rewarded for you know and then and they get increasingly more difficult to solve correct as time goes on yeah and as we get closer to that 21 million point correct um okay so bitcoin white paper 2008 satoshi nakamoto supposedly that's supposedly (laughs) That's... So, so this just appears out of out of thin air essentially, and it kind of made reference to some earlier thinkers like Milton Freeman. And he earlier in I, like the late '80s, he talked about the only thing we really need now is like uh, an established digital currency. And and now the Bitcoin white paper comes out in 2008, and we have a framework for how to create that. Okay. And um, so from there, what happened? We got massive swings of value, huge volatility, thousands of new coins coming up and it just seems like an overwhelming mess. How does a person make sense of that? Well, when in doubt, zoom out. You go to the graph on Bitcoin and and you zoom out on the on the 5 year, the 10 year. It's, it's had a lot of sideways action and a lot of dips, but overall it's grown, you know, and I just feel like whenever you're having doubts or or anything, you just go to the graph and zoom out, you know, and I think uh, 2013, it was at $100 maybe, something like that, when pe- people were using it to um, to buy drugs offline off the dark web. The Silk Road. The Silk Road, yeah. yeah. It was so people that spent $100 Bitcoins on drugs online, now it's they, it's like spending 50 grand. So yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, like the first thing that was ever purchased with Bitcoin were uh, two pizzas. Yeah. And those pizzas by today's value are worth like $12 million a piece or something. Yeah. It's crazy. That's right. uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I just think over time, it'll continue to grow as people move away from centralized government and fiat currency that they're going to be looking for a store of value. And and Bitcoin is just one of the cryptocurrencies. I mean, that's just the most known one. There's tons of other ones out there. But definitely Bitcoin is, is the most widely recognized. So Bitcoin comes out and Bitcoin represents a completely new way of thinking about money where it's autonomous, it's operated by computers and there's no centralized location. There's no Bitcoin headquarters to go to 
to you know complain about grievances things are are final on the blockchain so if if a transaction goes through and it in error there's no reversing that 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 those funds are just gone and there's so there are definitely things about this system that are different than what we were used to and so immediately people started seeing the potential here and looking for ways to improve on the bitcoin system and then a couple years after that we had the appearance of the ethereum blockchain and you want to talk a little bit about ethereum do you oh, know do, much about oh, Ethereum? Oh, do I want to talk about Ethereum? Old Charles Hodgkins and uh, what's his name? The the skinny guy. Yeah, the the World of Warcraft player. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's super famous. Young kid. Yeah, uh, Vitalik Buterin. Mm-hmm. So a couple computer geniuses. Um, what, what, did, what did Ethereum attempt to do that Bitcoin wasn't already doing? So Ethereum came out with, or they came out with smart contracts. Um, so basically, basically you can think of Ethereum as like, uh, programmable, programmable money, essentially. And the fact that, um, you can, you can write a smart contract and have executions taken out. Like even say, say I was going to sell you a house and we wanted to write up a home loan. We could do that on the Ethereum blockchain without the use of a third party, we wouldn't need anybody else. It's all automated. So you wouldn't have to pay that three or 4% to a realtor. Right, correct. There basically makes some a lot of people that sit behind desks obsolete. You know. Most of them. Right. Yeah. So it could, and you know, it could change the way the world, the world operates. Think about that though. Like, so Andrew Yang talked so much about automation and, and the incoming robots are going to take our jobs. Yeah. No, They're, they've already took our jobs. Yeah. They've all, already All have. the shit jobs no one wanted to do. Um, but, you know, that that is what it is. Automation is going to come and take all the unskilled tasks. And then smart contracts are going to come in and take all the administrative tasks. There's not going to be a whole lot of work left for humans to do other than creative work. I forget which president it was it was some some state back east they had a plan for when automated trucks come out to put these truck drivers on like unemployment because they figure like 47 percent of the jobs in the state was truck driving and they figured there's going to be this giant displaced group of workers once automated trucks come out hashtag learn to code that's that's right <laughs> that was that was a big deal <laughs> Um, it turns out they didn't want to. So yeah, um, you know, Ethereum's good. I, I have some Ethereum. I think it's junk. Ethereum's junk. Because of the gas fees? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. But it's so big right now because everything else is built on it. Yeah. So that's that's one of the fundamental distinctions between the Bitcoin blockchain and the Ethereum blockchain is that you can build on Ethereum, whereas with Bitcoin, you just run Bitcoin. Right. There's and very slowly. There's like eight transactions per second or something more more use cases or maybe that's not right anymore the original bitcoin was like eight eight transactions per second yeah ethereum's not a whole lot better super slow yeah it's it's better than that right we can talk more about that later if we ever get into like nfts and gaming i just don't want to like we don't want to too spread out yeah i don't want to just start talking about a bunch of stuff that nobody will know what i'm talking about yeah so let's just keep working through this so bitcoins happened um we probably could explain hard forks that's pretty simple and quick hard forks is when they needed to make changes to improve the system and they had different ideas about how those changes should be implemented and 
made a fork in the road, basically, in the life cycle of Bitcoin. JRNY Crypto is really bullish on Litecoin. Um, um, he's not doing much. No. It um, was up to 300 and then it hasn't come back from the dip. No. And Bitcoin Cash. They both feel like garbage coins. I think they were trying to be currency, whereas Bitcoin is now not even trying to be that. It's just trying to be digital gold. Right. It's a store of value. No one's no one's trying to make Bitcoin be what you go out and buy a cup of coffee with. No. It's supposed to be where you put your retirement funds to grow. Right. Like, like most people go buy, uh, go invest in a Roth IRA. Yeah. Something. Don't that, do, I mean, first of all, let me say this. Don't listen to me for financial advice. None of this is financial advice. Because if you listen to me for financial advice, you you have something wrong with you. <laughs> you. Don't be a dummy. Yeah, me too. Not financial advice. If you think it is, look at my life <laughs> and then decide whether or not you want to take my advice. <laughs> so do your own research. But, um, you know, there's we should be able to give out a lot of good information on crypto to people that, that are... Um, you know. Hungry for it. Yeah. I have been voraciously eating it up for the last three years, probably, uh, nonstop. I, I got into stocks first. I, I had been following Bitcoin just since it came out because I thought it was interesting. Right. But not as a legitimate investment. And then I got into stocks and started enjoying that. And then once the Cash App started selling Bitcoin, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this seems less sketchy. I didn't want to have to go to a weird dark web site. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, you want it insured on an exchange. Yeah, where know? with some like visibility and some uh, name recognition. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they're owned by Square, owns Twitter. I can trust I can trust that they're not going to scam me. Kind of. I mean. Yeah. I mean, you could, could still. still probably get hacked and stuff yeah. can happen. But, Shit happens. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been looking into it a lot since then. So everything I am saying is just based off of my own research and experience, but I don't I don't know really much. No, none of this is advice. Just that's the point. When when people message you on on Facebook and try to get you to send Ethereum to them, don't listen. It's a scam. Oh shit, man! I actually almost fell for one of those. <laughs> I was just telling Melissa about this. This happened like a year and a half ago. I was watching this thing with Vitalik Buterin on YouTube and he was like giving a talk and it made it look really legit where and it on the side over here it says send us this many Ethereum and we'll immediately send you back double and at first it's like obviously that's a scam (laughs) (laughs) and then uh but then I started thinking well this is all new shit maybe they're just trying to really get the volume up on these coins right so they're they're basically they're doing a halving they're like Mm -hmm. they're you send them this and they, they double the coins, but the value doesn't change. So you get the same amount of money back. It's just a way for them to increase. Their, so if you don't do this, spread. you're actually going to lose out. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it seems. Uh, and so I was like, well, fuck, I got to do this. And so I like tried really hard. I had like Bitcoin and I tried to move it into Ethereum so I could send that Ethereum to them and double it. And um, I couldn't do it. My bank denied it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I was like, I remember I was all sweaty and shit, like trying to get, because it was like, there's a clock counting down. It's stressful. It just like totally nailed me right in the, my human sweet spot for manipulation, where I was just like, I was the perfect target. Um, I was emotionally strained. I wasn't uh-huh. paying attention. I was FOMOing uh, yeah. big time. Big FOMO. <laughs> and I almost lost everything. That can that can happen to people. You got to be careful on the internet. Um, 
especially when it comes to giving out your wallet address or you can give out your wallet address. It's when that you, seems pretty safe. Yeah. I wouldn't give out your where you have your exchanges, like um, where you hold your shit. Right. Because that's more hackable. Or don't lose your cell phone because if somebody yeah. gets your cell phone, they can just transfer all of it. Yeah. They, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a risky business. Right. But there's also ways to protect your assets and put them on digital ledgers and hide them. And that's We should probably cover that too, just so like people don't lose their ass. Hardware wallets are really good. Right. Uh, also called cold storage. It's just, it's basically a little external hard drive that is specifically designed for one purpose, and that's to keep your Bitcoin or your crypto. They have them that hold lots of different um, currencies now. I have one that holds like 200 different coins. And I spread my stuff across several different wallets, just not only to kind of diversify my risk, but also to protect my ass. Because right. if somebody steals my my key phrase for one they're only going to get a certain percentage of my whole you know my whole pot but it's still pretty damn hard to get in there like and uh you have to make sure that you purchase the hardware wallet from the legit site because there are some scam sites out there what would a scam site do with you if you bought one from a scam site what could happen um I'm not sh I'm not sure exactly, but I have I've seen that there are some digital wallet scams out there, and and to make sure that when you when you purchase it that you're buying it from the actual I forget if it's the brand names like Ledger. Yeah, Ledger does one. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good one. Uh, cool Wallet. Cool Wallet is another one. There, there's so many now. Yeah. But um. So you got to do your research. Make sure you're on the real website. When yeah. you buy one. Yeah, you get an Amazon third-party seller that yeah. loaded a bug onto your wallet <laughs> that just sends all your money to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, most certainly. So, um, so you do got to be careful, but there's some really good money to be made in the crypto space. Yeah, let's get into that. So that's, that's really what drew me in is just those huge gains, right. At, especially after starting in stocks where you see like, oh, shit, Tesla's pumping 2% today. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, try 50 50% in two hours. It's like crypto makes huge moves. Yeah. So I got in on Dogecoin a little bit. I actually was joking about it with my buddy. I, I read a news article that said something about um, Elon was, was pumping Dogecoin or, or talking about it. And I was like, man, I should buy some of these Dogecoin. And I didn't really know anything about like how to buy it or what exchange to buy it on or anything. And... I ended up buying it later, like, I think I got it at five cents, but if I would have bought it when I when I had first thought about it, it would have been fractions of a penny. Yeah. And uh, I ended up putting in, well, I don't want to talk exact numbers, but let's just say I made... Um, Percentages are better. Yeah, let's say I made 300% return on my investment. Could have made 900% return on my investment um, if I would have held it, but I got out um, at 27 cents just because I wanted to secure some gains yeah that's um, so hard to do yeah when you see it just shooting up and you're just like i'll oh, hold on it's a little bit longer um but yeah it's way better to just look at you know cost benefit analysis and just say like look i've already made i've doubled my money there's no reason not to get out and dogecoin is ridiculous like this is a very speculative market so like doesn't matter what the company really is or does or if it is it even a company? Yeah, it's just silly. I yeah. mean, so it's it's total speculative market. So um, just because a project is good doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have a high value. 
So yeah. like Dogecoin's not there's can be infinite Dogecoins made. And I didn't really like see the I knew that Elon was gonna keep pumping it. He was doing the BitBoy thing. Pump R- pump and dump. Right. He I mean Hip for him and his buddies. I think, yeah. They were the majority holders. Of- it it kind of seems like his feelings are getting hurt now. Everyone's mad at him and he seems kind of broken down by the whole thing. Right. But, um, yeah, that seems like exactly what was going on. I forgive him. He's got to yeah. make a buck too. I like Even Elon. though he's one of the richest people on the planet. I think he's looking out for the, the human race and he really does want to do, you know, the right things. You think he's an alien or or like one of us? Um, He might be an alien. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. You know. He might be. Yeah. I've seen some pretty funny memes about him being an alien. <laughs> it, he, he talks about the human race as a third party. Uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, I saw him do a speech yesterday at the Tesla Gigafactory in Berlin. He looked tired and beaten down, but he's just like, I'm tired of talking about sad shit. Let's just be excited about something. For once, like we got to be excited about the future. That's what being human's all about, right? And people were still giving him shit about that. Huh? It's like this guy can't win. Poor Elon. Poor Elon. Give the guy a break. Yeah, but he did make a lot of people lose a lot of money. I mean, he didn't make them, but he allowed them to. He led them into it, right? Myself included. He was investing in Bitcoin himself. Yeah, Pretty they bought one hundred and fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. But. They sold 10% of it, and then everyone freaked out. It's like, no, we're just trying to prove liquidity. <laughs> I mean, he obviously wouldn't wouldn't spend that if he didn't believe in it as a store of value. Yeah. You know. it, it all seems very uh, calculated, his tweets and his, and his actual purchases and, and sells. And, uh, it's, like Illuminati. No, <laughs> no, I mean like calculated by him. Like, right. Just like, hey, I can make some money here. Right. And then he he also what I like about Elon is he tried to to warn the world of the danger of artificial intelligence. He's still trying. Yeah, nobody's listening. No, but he's warning us about that. While at the same time he's building humanoid robots to put in your home. Yeah. So he's like, hey guys, everybody, watch out for these robots. But I'm gonna build one. Well, he's he doesn't want to lose out on the on the the retail market. Yeah. Have you seen those things? No. They're they're. Tesla bot, I think is what they're called. Nice. Humanoid robots, they are anthropomorphic. They look like a human, mm-hmm. like without a face though. It's just like a, it looks like a robot butler that you would think of a robot butler. Can you change the voice? Oh, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. They, they're they meant to do boring, repetitive tasks like, you know, wash dishes or wow. go get your slippers or fetch the car. I just don't know if I can get into that. I just, I mean, haven't people seen iRobot? They look exactly like those robots. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, the premise for that movie is perfect. That's exactly what will happen. The The AI will eventually decide that humans are too dangerous for their own good and it'll wipe us out. Right. I mean, they are, they'll have control of the monetary system too. Yeah. <laughs> Smart contracts. All right. Speaking of which, uh, so we kind of got off track off smart contracts. So Ethereum is allowing smart contracts and uh, second layer scaling solutions to be built on their platform. And that's where things like Polygon and uh, what's another one? Well, I guess actually Bitcoin has a lightning network, so they're not unique in that way. But there's way more... 
Cardano was is coming out with smart contracts mid September. Um, Solana does smart contracts. I was gonna buy some Solana a year ago, um, mm. just because I liked the name because Solana's like, um, you know, SZA. Mm-mm. SZA, the R and B musician. Okay. I think her first name is Solana. I see. And she is the shit. Well, you should have listened to your gut and just. I know. Sometimes you just buy stuff because it sounds cool and it ends up paying off. Well, if it sounds cool to you, it sounds cool to someone else probably too, unless it's some fucking dog coin. How much was it back then when you wanted to buy it? Pennies. Like I, I don't even remember, but it was really cheap. So it you'd was, be a millionaire. It was cheaper than it was cheaper than Cardano, cheaper than Polkadot, but those were two on my list that were higher priority. And you would have liked ten thousand x. Yeah. 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 That's okay. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff like that, so don't feel bad. Um, What's the, the coin you've missed the boat on? All of them. Yeah. All of them. Any that you thought you should have and you just, just didn't? Absolutely. Yeah. I There's some that I FOMO'd into when I shouldn't have, and there's some that I didn't FOMO into when I should have. Yeah. Um, It's hard to predict. And I didn't have like an infinite amount of money just when I started investing. Um, you do now? No. Well, I've been, <laughs> but I mean, if I did, I would have definitely spent more. Uh huh. You know, and it's hard to make uh, big gains unless you invest a lot, unless you get in at the very floor of a project. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's also very hard to justify making giant purchases on imaginary products, like to your wife. Right. I was trying to explain to my girlfriend that I wanted to buy a picture of a baby monkey last night for $2,000 <laughs> and that it was a smart business investment. That's a screaming deal. <laughs> I really like the baby monkey. I mean, I still might get one. What, what series is that? It's uh, it's actually a Cardano NFT. Oh. And it's called the Baby Ape, Cardano Baby Apes. Okay. And I was actually 12 hours late on minting them, which I would have been able to get them for $132 a piece. Wow. And now they're going, there's some that are going for as high as like 60 grand. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rate of uh, value increase on NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens, is outrageous. Like thousands of percent almost overnight. Yeah. It's stupid. It's It makes people are like, Oh, it's a scam. Like, I can just screenshot that and I have a picture of it. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So. You can also go to the Louvre and take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Exactly. That doesn't mean you own that shit. There's that's our people always have that argument and they, they don't understand that. Um, that's actually, that's theft of digital property, is what that is. <laughs> so it's basically just human agreeance and acknowledgement that you own that. Yeah. That's what gives. That's, value. I think that's going to be the main stumbling block for most people is just like realizing that it's not only like a new technology to use it's also a new way of seeing the world right and it's one that's really easy for people under 35 and it's really hard for people over that age and that's just because of the the world that we were raised in right i i really had no problem understanding the utility of nfts right away i just had a hard time understanding the time frame that it would take to get mass adoption I didn't realize how many people there were there were out there who are into this stuff. There's millions. Yeah, well right now we're mostly seeing there's not that many people trading NFTs right now. I mean like this very second, but we're going to start to see people in the range of like, you know, say someone that makes uh between $30,000 and 
$150,000. They want to get into the NFT market, but they can't afford these gigantic gas fees for Ethereum. Yeah. Just to post something on the Ethereum network, I think it's like $300 or something just in gas fees to post something for sale. So the, the average person, that's just not a smart financial decision for them to spend that kind of money. Um, no. Or even buying something, the gas fees are ridiculous as well. Even if there's a an item for sale for $200, that person had to spend 300 to post it. And then to buy it, sometimes the gas fees are up to like two grand to buy it. And then they change too. They'll they'll wiggle on you when like, but from the time you click purchase until yeah. the, the purchase is executed, the, that gas fee might go up. And that's dependent on how many people are making transactions on the network at that particular time. So like I'll wait till like three, four in the morning and you'll get a cheaper gas fee. So it's exhausting. Yeah. Okay. And we should probably clarify what gas fees are. So just like in the Bitcoin network, the miners are paid in Bitcoin. Gas fees are what miners are paid for making those transactions on the Ethereum network, right? Correct. And so, and it's paid in Ether or mm -hmm. e e ETH. Well, ETH. Depending on what network you're operating on. Okay. So gas fee, if you're, if you're running something on like a polygon, like a layer two solution, right. is that going to be paid? The gas fees will be paid in polygon? Cor correct. Okay. Yeah. So then not everything that's on Ethereum is using so a lot of them are ERC20 tokens. Right. Is that what that is? <clears throat> I think ETH 2.0 is is the new version like it's a whole new whole new right. blockchain. They have the same value as ETH. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And they're not even available yet. Like you can you can stake them I think if you yeah. if you buy a whole bunch. Yeah. But we should talk about staking too. Yeah. Um a little go bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so like on let's say on Voyager and Coinbase there's some staking options already. Voyager especially, like... Um, Which are exchange platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically where you can where you can deposit your fiat currency and buy cryptocurrency. Um, and actually earn interest on it. Yeah, and the interest is really good, like up, sometimes up to like 10%. Um, and then when you stake, say I was going to stake some Cardano, it's basically just like providing liquidity. So... It's not actually real staking, but you are. It does um, give you a chance to earn higher interest by doing that, and it doesn't lock you into not selling your Cardano or your Ethereum or whatever you're staking. Some of them do. Yeah, some of the higher interest rate ones do, um, but when you only get like five percent, you can still sell them at any time. So, like for instance, I got a deposit of like fifty nine e or fifty nine uh, Cardano yesterday. So I would say it was like $165 for a month of staking. Just, you know, that's passive income. Yeah. You know. It's a big enough market now that you could essentially make a living off of DeFi. Yeah. If on just interest-bearing crypto. If you held enough crypto, you could just stake it and probably get, if you get a, had enough crypto, you could live off the interest mm -hmm. for sure without ever having to sell your crypto. That would be cool. That's what I want to do. I want to make money. Passive income. I want to make money with gaming, cryptos, and NFTs right now. That's yeah. what I'm into. The gaming is probably the most immediately obvious big thing with crypto because it's people are, like we were just talking about, people are playing it already. It's right. already happening. Especially with esports. 
how big esports are and all the like the Twitch streaming and just the millions and millions of dollars in the traditional system already that mm-hmm. could easily just flood right over. And it's set up to do that because right. th- these these two industries talk to each other. Crypto and gaming are, are just like peanut butter and jelly. And even NFTs are getting integrated into games as well. Yeah, let, let's talk about Decentraland. Okay. So that's this game where it's very much like The Sims. It's a it's a simulated universe world where you can actually buy plots of land with real money and you exchange it for mana tokens, which are uh, a cryptocurrency that's used in the game, just like the coins in Super Mario. That's the mana tokens. But think of it like as if when you were done playing Super Mario, you got to bring those coins with you into real life and you could go buy other shit with them. It's That's what NFTs allow because they can take... Things that you purchase, objects you purchase in games can become embedded with real value. What's your, uh, what kind of gaming systems are you looking at? Okay, so like Decentraland, I would classify that as like a land sale game. So there was a point in Decentraland where they made it available to purchase plots of land. Um, so I'd see it at the, when they first came out with that, you could buy a plot of land for like $150. And then, so currently, you could sell that same plot of land for $6,000. Um, and that's just like on the low end. Uh, what gives the property value is if it's at a, like a cross intersection where there's going to be more um, more activity, people walking by. Location, location, location. And you can, if you have properties that are next to each other, you can make an estate, um, you know, like a larger piece of land and sell it as the estate. And then bigger bigger land opportunities you can have things like art gallery online art galleries casinos where you can gamble with real money real money earn real money then there's like a silicon valley they call it it's like i forget what they call it in the game but there's like where uh people meet and discuss have big meetings and discuss crypto related things and yeah i just i, I look into land so there's another one called treeverse um, I haven't heard of that one. Treeverse. It's like a RuneScape type game where you can own land. Um, real similar, similar crypto there. And then another one would be Netverk or Inverk. I don't know how to really say that one, but it is an up and coming land sale crypto. And I've kind of missed the boat on all those. Like Me too. I, I don't own any of those. No. I mean, I'm still watching them and I know what they do and what they are, but I, I didn't get in low enough to justify... It's probably still, I mean, we'll probably look back five years from now and be like, we should have just spent our life savings that day right. when we recorded this podcast. Right. Um, but I spent it all on 10X, ba- baby but... monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't own any NFTs. I just, I have a MetaMask wallet with nothing in it. But I want, I, I just, I want to, but I just can't. I can't do it because I just... The, you need to get in on minting them. I know. That's what you got to do. I know. But even then, I'm just like, what if... It's a good gamble. People just decide like, nah. But then that could happen with coins. Too. That could happen with Bitcoin. That could happen with dollars. Yeah. Like, it's probably not going to. Right. But the yeah, the digital art is one that's like, it's a real hard sell. I think I'm just old enough to really have a hard time like accepting the idea of paying that kind of exorbitant money for digital art but i get it right i see why people would i mean it's just the mass fomo right now yeah 
It's a bubble. It's yeah. a it's a bubble that everyone knows is a bubble. Right. But it but and so you know what? it's eventually gonna pop, but you don't know when and you don't know where it's gonna land. Right. So it's So why wouldn't you try to profit while it's while it's still on the up? Exactly. You know? That's why I was upset I didn't get in to baby monkeys for hundred and thirty two dollars. I gotta buy one for two thousand. Yeah. That I mean, sucks. But you'll probably still make money on it. Right. Yeah, but you might not. You might lose your ass. But then you still have a, a baby monkey to console you <laughs> i mean you could buy a real baby monkey for that money i know i know uh but you couldn't resell it for twice the profit in a week i was watching alex becker's twitter and jr and white crypto when they told me to buy or they were telling all their followers to buy board apes the board eight yacht club at five thousand dollars that was the floor price five thousand dollars and right now the floor price is like $150,000. So if I would have bought a picture of a bored ape um, back when I was told to, you know, I would have had a big return on my investment. The thing with NFTs that I, I really, uh, I think that use cases are crucial. Like, and especially if they're NFTs that can continue to provide some kind of a value into the future. Or integrated into gaming. That's what I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So like something that has some kind of a function, not mm. just something to look at. Right. But... And then there's also, they're like doing like breeding projects and mutations and things like that where you can get, just for holding one, um, like, I don't know if you ever heard of, of uh, Doge Pound. Yeah. The, they just came out with puppies. So if you held one of the OG Doge Pound dogs, then you got to mint a puppy. And then those are worth tons of money now. And yeah. Um, so what, do, what should we make? Let's figure out, let's figure this out. What, what kind of NFTs are people going to want? Um, you know, I think the animals are pretty big, but the crypto punks are big, which is like pixelated. Yeah. That's which crypto punks is like the quintessential NFT story. They're super simple. They're generated by AI. Uh, there's a ton of them and they're still somehow valued just insane levels. Right. Yeah, it's, and their status symbol at this point. Jay-Z had a CryptoPunk as his Twitter avatar. Um, Arizona Ice-T just bought a Bored Ape Yacht Club. That, wow. So, you know. Visa just bought a CryptoPunk. Yeah. Visa, it, the fucking credit card people, are into crypto now. They're in the most a, risky way possible. <laughs> what the I, fuck? I mean, if Visa has a CryptoPunk, I should probably get one. Visa's got a lot more money than you. <laughs> They can but probably afford not as to reckless. lose. It. Yeah, that's true. That's a good indicator that that's a solid purchase. Um, yeah, the NFTs are are exciting. I really, I really think that they're going to be huge. But I, I want to make them. I want to figure out how to do that because I really think that if you can just hit on some kind of a cultural sentiment, like even photography. Yeah, as long as it's. Uh, it, it seems like you need a themed collection. Right. It's got to be themed. Like, like I saw the river or something. Something like that. Yeah. You know. Or I'll just take a picture of each one of my guests and <laughs> mint it as an NFT. <laughs> like put a cool filter on it. Yeah. And um, they'll be worthless until I <laughs> until I'm famous. I would buy one. The dude, they're just like the possibilities are endless. The, I, I was. What was I just gonna say? Um, oh yeah, the pet rocks. Yeah. So Pet Rock, the original Pet Rock, like the actual physical item. Okay. That was like a huge phenomenon. Everybody had a Pet Rock. This is the 70s or 80s. And it was just a fucking rock with a 
googly eyes on it. Right. It was uh, completely just valuable because people valued it for novelty. And so the NFTs that are based off of those, uh, where they made a hundred of these, are even less valuable than the actual rock itself. Like you couldn't pick up a uh, NFT version of a pet rock and throw it through a window of your enemy, at least. Like you could do is, something with a pet rock. Is that um, the one Logan Paul bought? Didn't he buy one of a rock? I don't know. I but think, I probably I think you paid like one hundred and fifty thousand for a picture of a rock. There, there's worse cases than that. Where pe- I mean, I don't know. Worse is the right word, but yeah, crazier, more extreme, even crazier than that. But the psychology of that is pretty interesting to me. It's the the novelty mixed with the scarcity, mixed with like the cultural tone. Everybody all at the same time, at the same, wanting the same thing. You got to figure out something that has all those elements. It's like a rich person pissing contest where if you can get in early enough, you can buy up all these NFTs and then make rich people pay, pay absorbent prices for them. Yeah. So that's all you really have to do. I mean, it's it's getting near impossible to get in on minting them because people are, are, aware, are starting to get aware of this. Yeah. And so it's really tough, but but you could still be done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm looking to do on the Cardano blockchain because you can't, Right now, everyone's buying NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah. Junk. It's not going to last. I can tell you right now, look at the gas fees. They're going to, they've already come out with a website where you can buy NFTs on the Cardano blockchain. It's like, I want to say it's like ctnf.io. I didn't even know that. So Cardano and it's already, they've already started launching. Yeah. The site's up and running right now. It still has a few, it's like a little, you know, they have some work to do. It just launched. They are doing a lot right now. Right. I mean, they're spreading across Africa. Solana as well is doing NFTs. So if you have, you know, if you have Solana, you can use that to purchase NFTs as well. And yeah, Ethereum, I think in my opinion, it could, so Ethereum's at what, like $3,700 right now. Yeah. It's, pumping this last two days so i'm not saying it's garbage junk it's not gonna go up it could probably go to like ten thousand. pretty it's valuable yeah so but what i'm saying is that as a network it sucks oh yeah as supporting a large group of people like the amount of people that are about to get into nfts it will not support that at all at all so there's the gas fees will quickly exceed the value of whatever it is you're trying to exchange right because there's going to be people that want to sell their nft for like five dollars or twenty dollars and that's just not even i mean you would possible yeah you wouldn't do it yeah you just wouldn't pay the gas three hundred dollars to sell something for five dollars yeah um so there's the two the the two big networks that i could see start to take off are going to be solana and cardano and polka dot and polka dot polka dot uh even i don't polygon even but i heard polygon sucks like the networks is just not it's a band-aid i think it's a layer two scaling solution for ethereum right so it's just basically like moving some of that weight off of the ethereum chain and onto a side chain or a layer two i'm not sure what the difference between side chains and layer two is right but i know that it's something along those lines it's really popular right now lots of different platforms are building on it i have a few um I think it's called Matic. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few Matic, and I seen I could buy some NFTs, and I considered that. I made a shitload of money off of Matic last year. I mean, you know, this year, right before the crash. Mm-hmm. I bought in at like a dollar and sold it like two fifty. Nice. It was cool. I love making gains like that. Yeah. I'm tired of working hard for my money. I just want to make money with computers. And it's hard work. 
Well, it is. It's exhausting. Uh, but it's exciting. It's it, fun. I just want to like be that guy that can be like, oh, you didn't have the foresight. And like, I know, look at my nice house and car. I didn't even have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And just bragged people. All about. you bitches in your poor houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I can't wait till you, we're rich, Ross. You know foresight <laughs> having stupid. You stupid poor fucks. <laughs> That's uh, basically what I'm after. So It's not their fault. No. And it's none of you guys because you're listening to this podcast. I know you're going to get it right out there and research right when you're done. Right. That's actually what I suggest is not that you go out and start investing in crypto, but that you get out there and start researching right away. Yeah, I would suggest looking at the graph and zoom out and look at the all-time high. Don't buy in when it's going up. And eventually, you're going to see an opportunity that you can't pass up. And you're just like, and you're going to know that it's a good opportunity. Wait till you have that feeling. Don't trust other people. Don't be a dummy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I'm not telling you what to do. This has been part one of the crypto episode. To get part two, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks. Maybe one, maybe two weeks. We'll see how this thing goes. But I haven't edited the second half yet, so we'll see. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope it was helpful. Big thank you to my guest, Ross Carey. He'll be back on the next episode. And if you want to check out the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash river. We just put a new episode up there today that's a bonus just for the Patreon subscribers, so check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a pleasure, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Say yeah. yeah, if you're on a train, say yeah.